What's going on today, guys? Welcome to the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. We're back in action after months and months off. We're ready for the start of the new season. I am your host for this evening, Steve Pintado, and I'd like to introduce our uh, other contributors for this evening, Cody and Nick. What is going on, guys? Not much. Just uh, getting ready here to uh, get some fantasy football started, you know, settling in, getting uh, prepared for drafts upcoming. It's an exciting time. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm just excited to get the 2020 season underway. Been doing a bunch of mock drafts and looking into players and, and, you know, adjusting my rankings and adding my rankings as such. So I'm just ready to get it kicked off and for the season to start. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you guys. It's great to have you guys uh, back together. You know, it's been a while since we've all uh, talked about fantasy football together. So I'm glad that we get to be doing this again, guys. And um, again, as always, we're here for the We Know Fantasy, uh, you know, podcast. And please go follow the We Know Fantasy podcast at We Know Fantasy on Twitter. And before we get started with our main topic of this today, I'd like to just uh, plug in a quick uh, note on the We Know Fantasy draft guide. Our boy Nate and his friend Fantasy Fro, they do a draft guide every year. It is probably the best the, the best draft guide, guys, I've seen in a long time. They really go into detail on a lot of different things. So uh, if you want to hear more or know more about it, uh, you know, DM at the We Know Fantasy on Twitter and you can go get your copy as soon as today. So go and do that, guys. Um, give them a give them a hand. It's a lot of great information to help you with, with your 2020 draft. So uh, we'll go get into our real main topic for today. And we're going to be doing a breakout, a, a bust, and a sleeper for uh, each one of us today. And uh, Cody, we're going to let you go first with your breakout player of the year. All right. Yeah. My breakout player for the 2020 season is Kyler Murray, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. He finished QB7 last year as a rookie, so you expect going into his second year a little bit more out of him. You know, he knows the offense, his second year with Cliff Kingsbury under the system, and you can't forget about his brand new toy in that offense, a fresh weapon, DeAndre Hopkins, coming in from Houston. If these guys can figure something out early on in the season and get a connection going, um, I think you're going to see really good things out of Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense this season. You add in his added rushing ability, which is huge for fantasy football. So uh, he's he's got that. He's able to run the ball well. And, yeah, I just see good things from Kyler Murray this year. Uh, you know, I, I, I see a, a, a breakout season coming for him. Yeah, I totally can say it. I mean, like you said, you know, you put the – all the numbers together for us, but um, it, I just, he's being drafted as a top five quarterback in most mocks I've been in his rankings. He's top five, top six. So I think a breakout's definitely in store for Colin Murray. And as you add it, um, he now has a new toy in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, no, Cody, I like that take as well. Uh, Colin Murray's definitely primed for a breakout candidate this season. I mean, he's got the weapons around him. He's got the run game. You know, a second season in this King King uh, Kingberry uh, Kingberry offense here, uh, it's going to be amazing. So I think he's ready to take that second leap there. And plus, he also provides that rushing flow you really like in the quarterback as well. Uh, but over to you, Nick. Uh, who is your breakout candidate uh, for 2020? 
Okay, for me, my breakout candidate, I'm sure people ain't going to want to hear this after all the hype he got in 2019, but I'm going with David Montgomery to run him back for the Bears. Um, right now in drafts and mock drafts, he's like mid-fourth round to late-fourth round is his ADP. I mean, he played all 16 games last year as a rookie. He had 242 carries for 889 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, I think as a rookie, I think his expectations were so high, so we kind of his numbers got lost and we didn't really get a chance to look at them in depth and understand like that's pretty good numbers as a rookie. He was the running back 24 in a new offense. And like I said, played all 16 games. Um, he only had 25 receptions and Tariq Cohen at 79, which is a hell of a lot of receptions for a secondary back. But like, if you think that if 25% of Cohen's receptions go Montgomery's way, I mean, that's another 19 to 20 receptions Montgomery has for like 44 to 45 on the season. I mean, that, that could be a difference maker as far as I'm concerned. I just think Nagy used, needs to use him more in the offense. But I could see Montgomery finishing in the top 12 this season. Book it. Book, book it now, guys. Now, I like that take a lot there, Nick. I, I'm actually a huge Montgomery fan myself. I, I just think that it's hard to find a guy, especially in round six, with, you know, 250-plus carries possibly to his season there. And, if you said if he could get some more of that receiving work, even better. But, you know, the thing was, I think he was just a rookie in a bad offense last year. And, you know, things took a while for him to really take hold. But if you saw near the end of the season, he started averaging uh, over four, four yards of carry. So I think he started getting it at the end of the year. You know, the offense is going to be a slight bit better than what it was last year. And I think Montgomery is going to see more efficiency with his runs than he, than he kind of saw as a rookie last year. Yeah, I'm in on him as well. I mean, the value that you're getting right now where you're drafting him at. I believe when I looked, his current ADP was 405 in 12 team leagues. So yeah, with that, uh, that kind of draft capital, uh, I think you're going to get a very quality running back, uh, feature back that should get a heavy workload with uh, David Montgomery. Agreed. And going over to my breakout guys, I chose Calvin Ridley, the third year wide receiver out of Atlanta. Now, I'm really high on Calvin Ridley this year. I expect him to be uh, somewhat similar to a kind of the Chris Godwin breakout, uh, personally. And, and my reasons was that, you know, he's always been he's been pretty good the last two seasons. You know, he actually had a really good rookie year. He got a little injured at the end of you know his sophomore season. But you know, before you know when Muhammad's new and and Austin Hooper were both kind of there and Hooper left Hooper definitely killing it on the field. You know, he was still a top twenty wide receiver. Uh, during that time frame, I mean, you have four other options plus, you know, Devontae Freeman there. He, you know, performed really well, and that definitely catches my eye. And then, you know, when Sanu left, he jumped up to wide receiver 11 the rest of the season. So um, you really saw, you know, a big jump in what he's able to do when giving more opportunity. And especially when Hooper went down, you know, he had 22 targets in just those three weeks from week 11 to week 13 there. And, you kind of showed that when he when there's a top two option between him and Julio, he's going to get targeted. And you bring in a newcomers who have to learn this offense still, and Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst, who a lot of people seem to be high on. Uh, you know, Calvin really just is just screaming to have over a hundred targets this coming season. Even with Julio there, Matt Ryan is primed to make a big bounce back in the second year of this new offensive coordinator. And he has touchdown upside. I mean, he has 17 touchdowns in the last two seasons, and this is a guy who's going somewhere in round four right now. Uh, that you could get as your wide receiver two who could end up flirting with wide receiver one production this coming season. So uh, I'm a huge, huge on Calvin Ridley this year. Yeah, you said it all there, Steven. Uh, 
I really love Calvin Ridley as well. The vacated targets from Mohamed Sanu and Austin Hooper should uh, go his way, a lot of them. And, you know, he finished wide receiver 27 last year, but if he does get those extra targets, those extra opportunities, it can only go up from there. Yeah, totally. Uh, There's not much more to even put on as far as stats-wise, but I'm actually not um, afraid to take Ridley as my wide receiver one Um, in leagues where I'm able to take a decent third running back and use as my flex. I'm taking that third running back and I'm going with Ridley as my one. Um, Something else to harken back on is one of our episodes together last year. I don't remember which one it was. We'll have to look in the archives, but I brought up Calvin Ridley about a guy. If we were redrafting about um, number two receivers, I think I brought up like Ridley and Christian Kirk, who we could probably forget about now, but um, and I said that come this year, it'd be going in like the fifth or sixth round, and sure enough, that's where he's going. Definitely, I guess I'm on him. I'm, I'm hoping for he has a really big season ahead of him this coming year. So, uh, enough with the breakouts now. We're going to go over to a little bit of a negative side, and we're going to go with the busts. Uh, obviously, we all know what busts are people who were not expecting to have that high season based kind of based off where they're draft. But, Cody, uh, who is your guy for the year who's going to probably bust out? Yeah, my 2020 bust is Austin Eckler from the L.A. Chargers. He had 92 receptions last year, but Phillip Rivers is no longer in town. So uh, I think that's going to definitely see a big hit on his potential uh, targets out of the backfield. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is trending to be the starter there uh, to start the 2020 season. He's a much more mobile quarterback than Phillip Rivers, so I could see... Tyrod maybe trying to do something with his legs rather than t- uh, uh, checking it down every time like Phil Rivers did last year. So I'm expecting to see a drop off there. And then when you look at the rushing numbers, I know that Melvin Gordon was in town, but he, he has never had over 600 rushing yards in a single season. His average yards per carry last year was only 4.2 yards per carry. And you got to remember the Chargers drafted a kid, uh, Josh Kelly, out of UCLA to come in and and maybe take some of that rushing work away. And Justin Jackson's still there as well. So I just feel like the price that you're paying for Austin Eckler right now, which is a second round pick, is just too high. I don't expect him to return that kind of value. So I have him as my bust. Yeah, it, it pains me to see this because I have lots of shares of Eckler, but I do agree, especially reading some recent news that Justin Jackson has looked phenomenal in camp. So um, I totally get it. And um, I, I I hope not because I have lots of shares of Eckler, but I can see it. Yeah, no, definitely a better round three value for me if I was going to go that direction. Uh, round two just seems too too high for my price there on a guy who may not see 200 carries and who knows how many targets he's going to see with a guy like Tyrod. So, uh, you know, a little surprise on it, but – I think you made some pretty valid uh, points, Cody, that, uh, you know, you definitely have me leaning in that direction as more of a bust than anything. So, uh, And now we'll go over to you, Nick. Who do you have as your bust for the week? Oh, year. For, for, for the season. For my bust for uh, 2020, it actually pains me to say it because uh, he's a local kid, is uh, Will Fuller. Um, for, aside from the injury, I know everybody talks injuries. I mean, I don't think he even averages 10 games a season in his career. Um, but last season, 2019, he had 136 total fantasy points. 55.7 of those points came against the Falcons in Week 5. So if you take that game out, 
he only had 83 points. So you scout it over the other 10 games because he only played 11 games last season. You scout it over the other 10 games and it's 8.3 a game. So you look at that and you figure, hey, as wide receiver three, it's not bad numbers. But five of those 10 games, he scored 5.3 or less. So that ain't the kind of, you know, value I want to look to put in my lineup at a wide receiver three. Um, so for me, Will Fuller and Boss, I, I know a lot of people are on the side of DeAndre Hopkins is gone, Fuller's the number one guy. But I could see more receptions going to Cooks and to Fuller. I still think Fuller's the burner down the sideline and, you know, throwing deep balls to him. So I just don't see with his ADP him being valuable at, in the sixth and seventh round. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you there, Nick. Um, six or seven, that's just way too rich in my blood. First off, I don't like drafting injured players who have a history of being out for multiple weeks in the season. So that just really right there kind of does it. But the fact that he's more of that kind of boomer bust kind of guy and you're getting him in around like six and seven, that's not really what you want still for me personally. I, and especially the injuries just don't do not do it for me. And Again, if you get him in around eight or nine, if you're if you get like a two really strong wide receivers, I wouldn't mind having as my three, but preferably if get him as my four, or probably just not have him at all and not deal with those headaches and you know take the take the L on getting one of those fifty five point games for him. I'd rather just say you know what I'll get someone else who's at least more consistent than go for a guy who gets me one game that's going to be really good. So there are just too many options in my opinion in the Houston wide receiver room. Uh, Will Fuller, can he stay healthy is is the big thing. But, you know, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, they all have potential, but they all have their drawbacks. And DeAndre, uh, yeah, the quarterback, <laughs> uh, Hopkins, he, uh, or no, DeAndre, uh, why am I blanking on this name? Who's Watson. the quarterback? Watson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's just not gonna roll over and completely you know die he's he's a really good quarterback and he's gonna make one of these guys i think a value but trying to pick out which one it's gonna be is gonna be incredibly hard and in my opinion i agree uh nick i think i'm staying away from will fuller and probably all of the houston wide receivers Definitely, definitely been some good bust here, guys, so far. So uh, I'll go over to mine, and mine may be a little bit of a shocker to you guys listening, uh, but it's Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams, and we all know he had a fantastic season. If you look at it, uh, you know, 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, I mean, that looks like a great season for a strong wide receiver, too. But to me, I, I just don't like what I saw at the end of the year. You know, obviously, in the beginning of the season, he was really great, and that's something to take note, but... At near the second half of the season, when they made that switch, that 12 personnel, which means more of a two tight end set, are usually lined up on the field. Cup was kind of in and out of the lineup more often, and and that's definitely something that scares me because it's known that he he really can't play that much on the outside. He's more of that slot role. So if they decide to go with that switch, obviously they were playing much better at the end of the season once they made that switch. Does Cup, you know? come out of the field more and force him not to see as many targets and more possibly touchdowns as we're used to seeing him for the last couple of years now. And that is definitely something that scares me. I know he's got a great connection with Jared Goff right now, but you know, if he didn't have five straight touchdowns in that second half of the season, he probably would have been much worse as a wide receiver. He happened to just stick at the top, uh, top 36 wide receiver barely because of those touchdowns. And 
if they switch that 12 personnel more often this year, and I think they could because, you know, Jared Everett and Tyler Higby will be there. How does that really do with Cup? And he's being drafted in round three right now, and people are drafting him as their, you know, wide receiver ones right now. And to me, that just, I just, it's too rich for my blood because uh, the uncertainty that it's there and what happens if he doesn't see the same production as he saw in that first half. And it's more that second half. It's something, it's something that definitely keeps me under concern right now. I definitely see where you're coming from here with the concern, but I'm not a huge fan of, of this uh, pick here, Steven. You know, I'm a Rams fan, so I got to stand up for my boy, <laughs> Cooper Cup. Um, I have him ranked as a top 10 guy this year. I I just think that the connection he has with Goff, I think, is going to help propel him to stay up in that top echelon of wide receivers. You look at the connection that these guys have. Cooper Cup, 21 receiving touchdowns in 28 career games. so. He's Goff's safety blanket. He looks for him in the red zone. He's able to convert and get those touchdowns. And with the one less mouth to feed on the offense with no Brandon Cooks, I could see these numbers going up. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to finish as wide receiver four like he did last year, but I still have him as a top 10, and I, I still believe in Cooper Cup. Yeah, well, I, I could be the difference maker here because I'm kind of split myself. Um, I definitely see the Boston Cup, but at the same time, um, I, I think there is value at Cup as a wide receiver too, um, but as Stephen said, I, I could see a bust scenario. I just, I actually think Woods is the wide receiver one in that offense. I mean, that's just my opinion, um, and I also think that Higby is going to, you know, garner more targets and receptions this season than he even did last year. So, um, I'm kind of split with you guys on that. So, you know, fifty percent Stephen, fifty percent Cody on that. It's it's definitely a tough one because he has a big talent to his game. He's just that when you look at his stats during, if you split it between half the two halves, I mean, he literally just dropped his production in half, and that's just something that overall just kind of scares me a little bit. But uh, enough with the negativity, guys. We're gonna go right into some more of a, a dream scenario here now, and we're talking sleepers and just guys who we think could end up being someone who's really low in drafts right now can actually make somewhat of a you know surprising jump this year and cody who who do you have as your guy well uh you just uh trashed my guy but now i'm gonna turn right around and praise one of your guys here <laughs> i got mike gasicki from the miami dolphins as my sleeper uh i think he's a candidate for a big third year breakout you look at the dolphins what they've got going on right now Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns both opting out due to COVID. Preston Williams still recovering from a knee injury. So it makes sense that Mike Kosicki could open the season as the number two pass catching option in the Miami offense. And if he's able to do that with a more than likely Ryan Fitzpatrick led offense, I think the upside is huge for Mike Kosicki to start the season. Last year, he had five touchdowns in the final six weeks of the season. And he was able to squeak out a tight end 12 finish. So he was technically a tight end one last year. So yeah, Mike Kosicki, I really like him. I think he's being undervalued. I just did a mock draft today that he wasn't even drafted. So wow. Yeah, I, I think I think Mike Kosicki is a huge value right now in drafts. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I'm totally on board with it because he's a Penn State guy and I'm a Penn State fan. Um, I can see it. As you said, he was the uh, tight end 12 last year, which is phenomenal to, to start. And I just think this season he is being under, undervalued. I've also seen in some mocks where he's going like as teams tight end two and 
uh, and not being drafted in some mocks, depending on how deep it is. But, yeah, I, I love Gasick. And like you said, two wide receivers that opted out because of COVID, Preston Williams still nursing a knee injury. I mean, he's going to see targets. He's going to get receptions, and especially in the red zone with that big body. You know, he's, he's, I can see his touchdowns reaching double digits. Disrespecting my boy there, man. He's a New Jersey guy, too. Uh, no, definitely love that, obviously, Cody. You guys kind of said it all there. There's really not much more for me to say. I, I expect a big, big season for Mike Gusecki. So, uh, Nick, we'll let you go right into your sleeper for the for the season. Okay, yeah. Uh, my sleeper um, is an older gentleman, um, is Jared Cook. I mean, you got your Tier 1 tight ends in Kelsey and uh, Kittle, your Tier 3 in, like, Andrews, Ertz, and uh, Waller. You know, then three, you got Ingram, and then the, the run of H's. You know, Hurst, Cooper, uh, Higby. And then you got Cook. It's usually being drafted outside the top 12. Um, so, and, and on that offense now with Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, and Kamara, I mean, who do you cover? Last year, over the last eight games of 2019, he had 40 targets, 32 receptions, and seven touchdowns. He averaged 15.7 fantasy points per game over that span. So, um, as I said, he's a little older. They drafted Troutman. I get that. But I don't think Troutman will, you know, contribute as much this season. I can see Jared Cook being Breeze's safety valve underneath and just feasting this season. Yeah, no, Jared Cook was definitely a big surprise last year because uh, I thought he would have a good season. But his, he was what he was good was his efficiency was so good on so few targets. All right, and receptions, the, the the work he did and he put up was, was really good. Uh, you know, I just have a slight concern. I mean, he definitely could, with his where he's going in drafts, definitely has some value to him. Just a little concern how Sanders fits in that and if Kamara is going to see more than just 81 receptions in his career for the first time, maybe. So I have just a slight concern. But we are getting him in drafts. I mean, he definitely has that sleeper appeal that he could perform pretty solid, and it's not hard to perform as a top 10 fantasy tight end. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with Cook as well. He had nine touchdowns last year on 11 end zone targets, so I feel like that's an unsustainable rate there. And he only had 43 receptions all last year, which was 14th in the league among time. So for me to get enough value back to pick him right now, I feel like I'd need the receptions to go up. And I'm not 100% sold that that's going to happen with them bringing in Emmanuel Sanders as a wide receiver, too. So I think I'm out on Jared Cook. I don't absolutely hate him, but I just don't see enough upside to uh, to be in on him. Yeah, I totally understand. Respect it. <laughs> and I'll swing my way over to my sleeper real quick here. And uh, I chose the Miami guy, too, guys. And I chose Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard, as we all know, uh, was on the Bears and switched to the Eagles and then made his way to Miami this offseason here. And he's being drafted like in the around 8-9 range. And I get why. There's some issues with his recep- reception ability to actually catch balls. Obviously, he's only had 30 receptions in the last two seasons and 10 last year. So I understand people's concerns. But like, let's not forget this guy was the fourth leading rusher still since 2016. Uh, I mean, this kid can run the ball, and he can I know he has to deal with Matt Breida a little bit there, but Matt Breida, as good as he is, he's a fast, athletic player. He's not, per se, a great running back, but you get the ball in the kid's hand, he can possibly do something, but he's often injured. And Jordan Howard's going to see the early down work, probably, and at least the goal line work, and that's where his attractiveness comes in. Kalen Balazs, we all remember Kalen Balazs last year. 
Uh, he had 74 carries. He had 21 red zone opportunities, as in, you know, he had either a touch or uh, a target in the air. And he, he was really good. He had like five touchdowns last year. If Jordan Howard could see similar red zone work, I can see that him having a real touchdown upside this coming season. And Galen Balazs got all this opportunity early on because he did get hurt late in the season. So, and this is when Miami was playing really poorly, as we all know, on the offensive side of the ball. So the team has improved in general. They're going to be a bit more competitive. Jordan Howard may see more red zone opportunities in this offense here and, and score touchdowns. Like having an 800, you know, seven, 800 rushing season and 10 touchdowns isn't out of the possibility for Jordan Howard, I think, this season. And again, you're getting a guy like this. He's not going to break out or anything, but he could end up being somewhat of a usable asset as a flex option week in and week out on your team. Maybe not in full point PPR, but at least half point. And, and standard league. So I'm going with a guy like Jordan Howard as one of my sleepers for 2020. Yes, yeah, Steven, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's the touchdowns. He produces touchdowns like crazy, and he should be able to produce the bulk of the touchdowns, rushing touchdowns for the Miami offense this season. And where you're getting him in drafts right now, I mean, you're drafting guys around that same area that are running back twos on their own team. So to be able to get a guy that's going to get probably the early down work, probably the end zone or the red zone work. Yeah. I, uh, I like Jordan Howard and the value that he gives you right now in drafts. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, you guys beat up my sleeper pick a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it was only a sleeper. He wasn't my breakout, but um, Howard was an Eagle last year. I mean, he's an Eagles fan. I, I actually didn't want to see him go. I, I am excited for the emergence and, of Miles Sanders and to see if Sanders can handle a full workload. But, um, yeah, Jordan Howard's a touchdown machine down there in that offense. Um, they're going to be playing behind in some games, which would be a concern of mine. Like, you know, so they're going to be throwing the ball. So, Breida will be seeing a lot more work. But as a sleeper and where you're getting him in, in drafts, he's definitely uh, a sleeper in my book. Appreciate that, guys. I'm hoping – Definitely hoping for a good sleeper season from a guy like Jordan Howard. So, uh, but that is our, you know, breakout uh, bust and sleepers guys for the week. Uh, we hope you guys really much enjoyed them because we are getting close on time here. So I'm going to wrap this up for us uh, tonight, guys. Uh, we're going to stop it, end it right here. Um, before we, you know, we, we close out again, as always, guys, please go check out uh, the We Know Fantasy website at WeKnowFantasy.com. Uh, please go in, uh, reach out to our boy Nate uh, on Twitter at We Know Fantasy for our for their draft guide. And guys, I'm telling you, when you're when this draft guide is top notch, and you have to go and check it out. You know, it, it's the real thing. It's going to help you win your draft. So, uh, you know, go and DM him. Try to get it. Find out how you can get it, and uh, you won't be disappointed. So, uh, you guys can definitely go to, go follow them at uh, We Know Fantasy. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. And boys, let them know where they can follow you at, too. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Master Smithers. You can find me on Instagram at Fantasy underscore Mechanic or on Twitter at FB Mechanic. And thank you guys for listening. This is the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. We'll be on as much as we can during the regular season to help you guys with all your draft and draft and season uh, needs. So take care, guys. Be safe and have a great one.